Welcome to episode 73 of the Wizards of Drivel podcast. This episode is sponsored by the number 7. Much like the film 7, this was a hard to watch hour and a half of sick and twisted murder, except the answer to the question, what's in the box, is most Man City players. We'll be discussing an agonising Potter's defeat and trying to find what positives we can. But first, the three word responses from Manchester City 7, brackets 7, Stoke City 2. Use out. That's two words. Good effort. Good start. Um, <laughs> they, only, they only need two words. I am speechless. Okay. Uh, dreadful, bloody dreadful. Scared, stiff performance. Absolutely bloody pathetic. Premier League champions. That seems a bit ambitious for us this season, not going to lie. <laughs> Taxi for Hughes. Another one. Uh, more than four. Next week win. Need a reaction. Hope lessons learned. <laughs> we move on. Chris, um, I don't know what people kind of expect from us on this podcast because there have been certain occasions in the past where we have been known to get really irate and angry after Stoke have been hammered. Now, mm-hmm. I expected us to lose this game 4-0 uh, and we conceded three more goals than four goals. Um, but I'm not angry or anything is that just apathy is it just kind of where football is now that my team can concede seven goals and I just have this weird kind of blank stare into the distance like oh well that's just happened next game please (laughs) yeah maybe maybe it's a symptom purely of the last near two years of football in that we we granted we've not conceded seven goals in a very very long time but it I don't know you kind of feel numb to it a little bit I agree with you that I I genuinely don't feel much anger after yesterday's result and whilst I, I don't feel it's because I'm apathetic towards Stoke. I'm not bored of Stoke or anything like that. I think it's just purely because, eh, I don't know. <laughs> we, like we 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 knew this get. We knew we were going to get beaten by City, and it would have been a very very good performance to have lost one nil. You mm. feel like like they are they are that good a team, and they and they really really are like. Like they're my favourites to win the league. Like they were at the start of the season, and I think they're doing everything to show that they are now a, a proper Pep Guardiola team. And I like that. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I like that we have a team who are really, really good in the Premier League. Um, uh, but yeah, I think just it's just Stoke, isn't it? <laughs> it's just what we, we like, like. You can't. Like yeah, I, I saw so many people get really, really angry about it yesterday, and on social on Twitter, I prompted quite an angry angry response for people by putting up an almost tongue in cheek poll asking if it's used it on. <laughs> oh God! Yet. Oh, you know and what which, you've done there, Chris. You know oh, what you've I, done. Well, well, that was it, and which obviously people who are rightly viewing it as a 
just just a drumming by a very very good team world-class team some would say that those people were coming at me and like suggesting that because i'd put the poll up therefore i wanted hughes out and you're you're just been what what do you expect well i did blind it's like well actually i I don't i expected us to lose and i i agree but it's it, it only takes a defeat like this to see those those cracks that were papered over by an arsenal win and draw with man united like we're we're back again two divided camps of fans Mm. and oh it's nice to get the old classics out (laughs) yeah just just that all these hit records they keep playing over and over again such as who do you get in then that's my favorite (laughs) yeah 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 it is a good classic it is a good classic but i like I, i on on that subject just on the on the broad speaking i don't think like yesterday's performance is something you can judge the whole season on yeah there was a lot there that a lot of problems that we've seen in the past which man city just exploited and but but they are a very very good team mm. and i i don't think god fingers crossed that we'll concede seven goals again like i don't think we're that Bad. I think Man City is just bloody good, but we are, we aren't good. <laughs> <laughs> this is where you get paid the big bucks for football punditry, Chris. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this is the question I wanted to get onto. How much of yesterday was down to the fact that Man City are really bloody good, and how much of it was down to us? Because, like I said, I expected us to get hammering, but I don't think seven two was like re- realistic for me. I don't think it was realistic for anyone. Nobody predicted that. But I feel like the Premier League is kind of becoming what we used to mock the Spanish League for, where the big sides would absolutely wipe the floor with a pretty mediocre rest of the league. And we kind of mocked the Spanish League for, oh, it's just Real and Barca beating average sides by how many they can every week. And I feel like that's happening. We are the equivalent of, I don't know... uh, Rayo Vallecano or something, just a... a, a... I I wish we were Rayo Vallecano. (laughs) Okay, I I may have picked the wrong team there, but you know what I mean. We're we're just kind of one of these nondescript sides who gets beaten by the biggest teams in the league. Man United being an exception there. But in terms of yesterday, how much of it was the fact that Man City are very good? Because I think they are easily the best side in the league. I think they've got the best manager in the league. I think they could win the Champions League this season. They, You can make a case for them for being the best side in the world, arguably. And Guardiola's come out and said that was Man City's best performance in the Premier League. And you look at guys like De Bruyne, who was just incredible, absolutely incredible player. And guys like Sane, Sterling, Jesus, you know. And they're bringing Yaya Torre and Bernardo Silva off the bench. And yeah. it's like, what yeah. the hell are you supposed to do? Now, how much of the seven goals were down to us? I think we probably contributed to, I don't know, at least 40% of our own downfall there. We gave away stupid, stupid goals, I think. Some of them were sensational goals. Some of them were, why the hell are we giving the ball away there? Why the hell isn't that man being tracked? Why the hell is Vimmer 20 yards out of position? And I think a lot of it has to do with the manager a lot of it has to do with the signings he's made signings who aren't good enough he's he spent 50 million quid on Imbula Berahino and Vimmer none of whom he considers good enough 
well, Vimmer he considers good enough to play, but Vimmer clearly isn't good enough so far. So there's that. There's a question of motivation. Were we actually motivated to try and grind out a result? And were our tactics good enough? Because that fourth goal, we'd just come back into the game. We'd we kind of fluked two goals out of nowhere, either side of the half-time break. And for some reason, at 3-2, we've got a massive high line. Like, we're trying to press and press and press for the third goal, which is just absolute insanity. Why are we playing such a high line against players? Yeah. We've got no pace in the side. Like, what are we doing? I'd be embarrassed if we played a high line against Port Vale. So... Yeah, Those oh my are my God. big moans out mm-hmm. of the way, mm-hmm. and the rest mm-hmm. of it is is Man City are very good, and you know there's nothing uh, more you can do. What what did you think, Chris? What other factors aside from Man City being this shark team uh, played into oh, the defeat? God. I I mean everything you said there is kind of just what I agree with. I think that as a as a team were very very one-dimensional in that and i know what you're saying about oh how how are we giving the ball away in certain places but i do think that a lot of it is down to man city and especially man city under pep and their pressing game but that being said we should prepare for that in and and i know that some a lot of players have been away on international duty and stuff but that should be we, we should be training and preparing for that because that is their their style i think on the whole I think yesterday we would have been beaten and beaten heavily regardless, but I think that you are correct in saying that like 40% of it is our own fault. Like we did, we, we made it a lot easier for them and the seven goals they scored. If, if we'd have, if we'd have played uh, at our, at our best, no way we concede seven. I think we still lose because we kept, I think we kept they a are. clean sheet there last season. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. But then, I suppose it's the difference between a team who are well in form and now getting ideas together and, and a team like ours who haven't got ideas together and only play in one way. And there's there's just not much to our game. And that's the thing, like, we don't have pace and we're not very good at holding the ball and we're not very good at... The, the only thing we, we were good at is counter-attacking a bit back and we're not really good at that anymore. So, it, I think it... <laughs> We're just not very good, though. <laughs> I, I hate, I hate just to to simplify it, but I think, yeah, Man City are very good, but we made it a lot easier for them. And like, there were moments yesterday where you, like, I was screaming out in frustration at us giving the ball away. But then, I don't know. I don't know what to to quote people who tweeted me. I don't know what I expect because mm. we just. I, don't, I, I, I am a little bit lost for words with how to review it because we're just not that good a side in terms of being able to match that type, type of Man City. Like, yeah. I oh. don't I don't know what Hughes' game plan was, really, because we... No. no, no, no. We we went back to four at the back and we had Hesse up front... And I don't blame him for switching from three at the back and trying something different at Man City away because Man City away is essentially a a free swing. You know, if it goes wrong, it goes wrong. But um, we seem to be knocking it long to Hesse and Shaqiri and then... Which 
is just stupid, isn't it? Which yeah. is madness. Absolute madness. Like, that... I, I, underst- I, I understand, like... Do you know what it is? That, like, tactically, that is so naive and, like... I don't I, know. I don't know what the game plan is to beat Man City away. Let's just be perfectly clear. I don't know what the game plan is, but surely not that. I mean, no. Surely Crouch would have been a better option if we are going to go long. But no, I, don't, I, don't I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't know if we even. You know, did we try and just sit back and hit them on the counter because that that kind of I, only works up I until you concede. I think that's the only way you can really beat a Man City side like this, who play fast football, hold the ball, etc. It's to, when you get the ball, you go, by all means go long, but you're looking to pass it into space. You need Shakiri and Hesse to be running into the spaces behind that high line that City press. That's the only, like, we're not going to beat them with possession and, like, passing it through their defence. They're very well organised. We're not going to beat them by having... Crouch up there, heading it down and nodding on because they'll just they'll crowd him out the game. Crouch would be isolated in that instance. The only thing you really can do is have Shakiri and Hesse up front. And I mean, I get why he put Shakiri up front. The idea would be that he gets the ball and he plays a quick pass to um, Hesse or something. You know, those those defense splitting passes which break them through on the counter attack. It just didn't happen because. We play, we're playing the wrong type of balls up to those two. They're, I mean, Shakiri's five foot what? Mm. And Hesse isn't a massive player. They're not going to be able to hold the ball up and win it in the air. It was a silly idea. And I just feel that Mark Hughes has these two tactics. It's either we just hit it long or we hold it and we don't look to try and penetrate a defence. There isn't anything more than that from a Mark Hughes team at the and. And it seems to have been that way for a while. Like, we don't hold the ball well when we're playing a team who sits back against us. We don't really counter-attack that well when we play teams who are better than us. I mean, the the one time where it came off for us was against Arsenal. And I, ju- I just think that... And, and this isn't me saying, oh, we should get rid of Mark Hughes, but I just feel that he's a little bit tactically naive and he relies more on the personnel to do something special than he does on a match-winning formula. Yeah, I, I think you I think you see this sometimes where he picks players who have scored in that game in previous seasons or he's picking players against a former club, but he's almost like he's a slave to narrative rather than yes. any kind of tactical insight. Definitely. I mean... We have to be fair and say we have some serious injury problems at the club at the moment. We miss Ryan Shawcross like a, like something you miss very much. There's me <laughs> failing to think of an analogy, but God, we miss him. We miss Shawcross and we missed Joe Allen yesterday, I think it's fair to say. We missed uh, something in midfield anyway because... That that midfield three of Man City's is is incredible. Like Kevin De Bruyne's the furthest player back, and he's like a winger. And it's just like how the hell <laughs> how the hell do you, are you supposed to contain that? But um, yeah, I think that a lot of the problem in terms of our counter attacking comes from the fact the midfield doesn't really pick up the ball from the defenders and and play these kind of passes. Now I'm not saying Joe Allen does that necessarily. I'm just saying Fletcher and Cameron. I believe the midfield two, and then Afalai when he came on, 
um, were just uh, not capable of doing that and very tough environment to, to try it anyway. Yeah, and I mean, you've got a, an, a, a, to go back to the Man City, they're just a better team. Like With the greatest of respects to Jeff Cameron and Darren Fletcher, look at who they're up against in midfield. Like, the man, uh, to, to pull out an old Tony Pulisism, look look how much they've spent on a team. Mm. Like, they, they can afford to cherry pick some of the best players in the world and and create this almost super team. And as a as a neutral watching them play other weeks, it's fantastic to watch. Yesterday, it was just a bit like, please, please just show us some mercy, mm. guys. But then again, they're going for a title and they need all the goals that they can, uh, can count on. So, yeah, I... I just think that, yeah, the players are not as good as Man City's, but there is a lot down to just the the tactics. The tactics are just not very... They're one-dimensional, and that's it. Mm. Um, uh, what Kevin Vimmer, like, what the hell? I mean, have, <laughs> have we been told a, a different player or something? Because he's not had a good game yet. He cost 80 million quid. I mean, you don't want to write him off, but it's looking ever more likely that we're going to have to. It's just... We needed a a high-quality player to to fill the void given Shawcross's injuries, and Vimmer is, is categorically not that at the moment. Some of, some of that defending... I mean, the the chance they had uh, before they opened the, their account where Sané just kind of booted it over the bar... That's just an abysmal piece of defending. It was so half-arsed and just like... He was like he was spaced out almost. It was yeah. absolute crap. Now, move on to some positivity. Uh, Tom Edwards played yesterday. Um, 18-year-old Stafford-born right-back through our academy. He gets chucked in. Um, and after we go three down, he he plays a part in making it 3-2 and mm-hmm. it's fantastic to see him play I I think I think it's fantastic that he's made a big contribution um, but of course very sad for him that he's gone off injured in that game but it kind of seemed to me that the minute he went off injured we completely fell apart now yeah yeah what what is happening where an 18 year old debutant has gone off injured and the team's collapsed again I think I think it was more down to the fact that everyone shuffled around and no one knew where they were supposed to be, mm. and that's that quite often has been a, an, an issue for us where we've conceded um, just be, when at, soon after we've had to shuffle the pack. Um, in terms of Tom Edwards, though, I was, I, that's that's the that's the thing that actually matters to me yesterday. Like losing seven two, as we've said. I'm, we're not angry about it, but the fact that a young player from our academy, from the locality, has come in and made his debut—it's it, it, it's an awful shame that he had to go off. Um, I, I did see on Twitter that he seems to be suggesting that he's okay, um, or at least it's not as bad as as it was feared. Um, but I I don't think he really. I don't think he did himself a disservice yesterday. No, not at all. Um, especially not compared to some of the other players. And I would 
on on one performance, granted, I would argue that he has made a case for him to be there ahead of Glenn Johnson at that position. Absolutely, or Jeff Cameron. Absolutely. Um, I don't... I, what I find bizarre though is why Man City away is his debut as opposed to all those end-of-season dead rubbers at the end of last season yes. where he could have easily have been thrown in. It just seems a bit strange to me. I don't know if Mark Hughes saw it as like, uh, right, here's, here's your ultimate test for you, Tom. If you can pass this in any way, then then you're fine. But I think we've done this with youth players in the past, kind of, or yeah. we've done this with kind of tactical changes or trying out certain players where we kind of stick them in these games, and then when it doesn't work, we're like, oh, well, it didn't work. We're not going to try that again at home to Bournemouth, for example. So I, I really hope that doesn't happen, and I hope uh, this is it's... kind of the start of Tom Edwards getting more games for us, because he's clearly got talent. I mean, we, uh, I saw this last season in the FA Youth Cup. He was our standout player by a mile. And... I really, really want to see a, a Stoke Academy graduate get more game time. I'm not saying start him every week, you know, full 90 minutes from here on in. I'm saying gradually bring him into the side. Um, do you think there's Do you think there's an element of Mark Hughes that thinks the games against Bournemouth and that we we need to win those games, mm. and he sees like the games against City as an added bonus, and so there's nothing to lose by throwing these players in. Whereas if it goes wrong against Bournemouth. They're the games he needs to count on to get the points. So yeah, but I'd argue, like, I wouldn't play Glenn Johnson against Bournemouth. I wouldn't play play Cameron at <laughs> right back. Um, no, no, no. I think. Well, I think as we said, Tom Edwards did nothing wrong yesterday and should should I think be in that at least in that reserve role. Um, yeah. Um, behind, I don't know, Mamdouf. Well. That's the thing. If we're going back to three at the back, then does Tom Edwards play wing back? Um, I mean, I think based on yesterday, I think Mam Juve should be uh, given a, a bash up front because he just seems to just seems to make a nuisance of himself and get in those areas. And he's kind of inadvertently scored two goals yesterday. But um, <laughs> I. I'd be tempted by Tom Edwards at right wing back. I know we've got other options there as well, but um, yeah, yeah. This is this is the big test. And does Tom Edwards get a game against Bournemouth when you know the pressure's on for us to get a result? I hope so, and I don't think it's as big a risk as Mark Hughes thinks it is. But there you go. Um, well, if he if he if he's not injured, then I think he should definitely be in with a contention for that mm. position. For the next game, definitely. Yeah. Um, right, so we'll move on to, to some listener questions then. Sam the Lost asks, what does a player have to do to get a rating below a six from the Sentinel? <laughs> um, did did, did oh you gosh. see the player ratings from... Uh, I've not seen it. Please, please share. No, nobody happy. got below a six. Um, most people got sevens. Kevin Vimmer got a six, Chris. <laughs> what? It's, I don't, I don't understand. Like, it's kind of a little bit like North Korean propaganda, isn't it? Where everything (laughs) is fine. That's the Sentinels position or things. Don't complain. Everything is fine. 
Uh, also from Sam the Lost, why do people think that Hughes and Stoke shouldn't be judged on games against big sides and it should be a free pass to get smashed? Mm. I don't think... I, I don't... Po- yeah, he does have a point. And, but we have said on this uh, podcast, like, you know, I think you said earlier that this won't define Stoke's season or anything. And I think that's why. It's because it's not a season-defining game. Now, conceding seven goals, regardless of opposition, I think is not acceptable. And hopefully we've pointed out some of the things that that we did badly from our sides and not just gone, right, it's Man City, it's seven. But, But what struck me yesterday was this weird feeling of kind of, well, whatever, you know. Yeah. I think I think you said it at the top of the uh, the podcast, but I do genuinely feel that there is a definite move towards these almost super teams being created, and the gap between us and those top teams is becoming ever bigger. Um, which which pushes me to say I can't wait for them to create their European Super League and bugger off. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I have I have thought that myself in the past as well. <coughs> Excuse me. Rocky says, "Is the biggest problem we've got that our captain and team stalwart has been missing for so long?" I think that's certainly a big part I, of it. I think we have missed him really, really badly. Yeah, um, yeah I think we miss we miss Ryan Shawcross as as a player. He. <laughs> You, you can't say that our defence has been as solid as it was with him at the back. I, when when it was um, against Arsenal, we we looked decent, and then Shawcross going oh, going down injured. I think we've we've not looked as good, which I don't know says a lot for what he does on the pitch. Even though I'd, some people feel he doesn't shout enough, he clearly does bring something to the team. Hmm. Um, David Hammond. Uh, wants to talk about our midfield pressure was non-existent, just sat back, rolled out the red carpet, put our defenders under huge pressure. Yeah, I think we've think talked about this. We did lack Joe Allen. Uh, for all I've criticised him this season, he does offer just a bit of bite sometimes, and we definitely didn't have that. And uh, Dom Cartwright asks, what is a shark team? <laughs> I, I don't know. I wish I... I wish I had a clever answer to this because I just I just don't know. A shark well, uh, team is a is a is a small marketing scheme. Okay, um, I I actually did research this and it's something um, Benjamin Mendy, may he rest in peace, uh, said. Oh, okay. Uh, that Man City were like a shark because they swallow teams up and stuff. So there you go. That's what okay. a shark team is. I like um, Benjamin Mendy. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a nice guy, but um, yeah, it's sad it, we've it's sad we've lost him so young, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, a uh, so couple of other things I want to talk about then. Uh, some quotes, some shocking revelations in the week, Chris, <laughs> from yeah. uh, former Stoke City player Danny Higginbottom. Um, oh my god! Apparently, Chris. He wanted Stoke to lose the FA Cup semi-final because when he was injured, he went to a really dark place. And this is a disgrace. I can't believe he said this in his book that was published two years ago and on our podcast. (laughs) But for some reason, when he said it on another podcast, the Sentinel have picked up on it and reported it as breaking news. 
the break. Okay. So, sorry, first of all, the absolute goal of the Sentinel to do absolutely no research into that story. Like it's in a book, for God's sake. I mean, I don't care that they don't listen to us, or because they should, they get some tips on appropriate player ratings. But <laughs> by the way, Sentinel, how's your own podcast going? Just, Ooh. just, just the absolute kind of trying to hype up a complete non-story during the week for clicks, so we can click on the website and get bombarded with adverts, and then, yes. and then it provokes this kind of. Oh, oh, Higgy, he's an absolute bellend, isn't he? Oh, he said this, said that. Who are we to judge the kind of mental health or the the headspace of a player who's had a career-ending, practically, injury that has cost him the biggest game in his career? No, I'm sorry, I'm not having it. I know, oh, we interviewed him, so we, we think he's our mate now or whatever, but no, just, <laughs> like... Okay, it sounds bad. And, you know, if he'd have said that, like, in the build-up to the FA Cup semi-final, ooh, I want us to lose, I'd have been annoyed. But it's it's so not like that, is it? It's it's absolutely yeah. ludicrous, this overreaction. And, yeah, I know some of our mates have, uh, have said things to the effect of, this is a horrible thing to say. But, no, it's just absolute <laughs> crap. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. Like... What well, I don't know what, pe- what people would expect. Like, I, I I just found it really interesting. I don't hold any grudge for him for feeling bitter and angry that he missed out on a massive, massive game for him. I mean, when he was on our podcast, he like said that he felt it was it was a horrible thing to say, but at that time, he he just was so put out by it that he wanted. Yeah, but even then, I don't think he said that he he wanted Stoke to to be thrashed or anything. He just he felt so gutted to be missing out that he didn't want them to have the satisfaction that he was missing out on. Which I can put, as someone who is bitter at people, I can completely get behind. <laughs> like it, the fact that it's suddenly breaking news, even though it's two years old, mm. a story. I just find that quite amusing, but I don't think it makes him any less of a person. And I think actually it's a nice bit of refreshing honesty yeah. rather than saying, Oh no, I was just, I'd just be happy for the team. No, he's, he's a person just, it's not even a big deal. Yes, exactly. And by the way, he's the one who fucking got us to Wembley in the first place. So, you know, I think I forgive him. So yeah, yeah. Oh, that's all good. Uh, Bournemouth next week, Chris. How are we feeling about that? Um, do you know what? I don't feel overly positive about it. Um, I've seen a lot of people say, "We oh yeah, we're going to beat them. We need a result." But I, I think that we were we were the better team against Southampton, but I don't think it was a concrete victory, and I think we will slither past Bournemouth and people will be very very happy with it and rightly so but I don't just like I don't think this Man City game defines our season I don't think the Bournemouth game will I think it will be a ropey performance I hope we get the result but I just I I don't see it as that reaction that everyone is crying out for mainly because I just don't think that we are all there tactically at the moment mm. 
Right, I think that's it from the Wizards of Dribble podcast for this week. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you very much, Dave. Ah, there we go then. 7-2. What a laugh. Go on, Stoke. Do, 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 do. Hey!